0: Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm Kelly. I'm Carrie, And, and we're, we're Identical, Identical Twins. Twins. All right, this is Him Talk Twin Talk. You found us, whether
1: it's on iTunes, <laughs> Google Podcasts, <laughs> or Spotify. Even Amazon Music. Right, right. We're everywhere. We're everywhere now. I mean, how different we are from when we first started, right? I
0: know. <laughs> well, speaking of how different we are when we first started, I mean, this hymn today, this episode is all because of a listener, a follower on Twitter. Right. No, someone we didn't know, this person isn't related to us. No, she's <laughs> not related to us. We don't know her. And we don't know the hymn she picked. Right. So this is kind of a hymn talk, twin talk first. <gasps> oh, <there's our> song. <laughs> Look, we do not know this hymn. It's not in our hymnal. Right. And even as we dug into it, you guys, even when we were doing the research, Kelly and I would talk and and actually like almost disagree. No, that's not what it's about. No, that's not what it's about. I mean, this is a brand new the brand new for us.
1: Yes. Now if you're listening and you know this hymn. Please tell us, because oh we're so curious. Who knows this and who doesn't? We definitely do not know it, but I'm sure some of our
0: listeners do. I mean, the listener who requested it knows right, it. she knows it. So uh, we found that it was published in only 45 hymnals. Right. We do see hymns that aren't published in a ton of hymnals. Right. But I guess what's really Different for me and you, Kel, is that it's not an hour hymnal. Right. Not that I've memorized every hymnal I've ever looked at, but right. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen it. Right. This, It's very different. It's very different. Now,
1: we have given you clues. Right. Obviously, one of our listeners has requested it. So she's sitting here going, she I does. know which
0: one it is. I know
1: it. Um, but we're wondering if you have guesses. So it's time to announce it, I think, Carrie. Yeah,
0: let's tell them. All right, this week's hymn on Hymn Talk Twin Talk is The The Eastern Eastern Gate. Gate. <laughs> we hope Woo-hoo. that you are clapping. Uh, uh. The Eastern Gate, okay. you guys. If you don't know this, don't press stop. <laughs> don't press stop. There's lots to know about this. No, name. give this song a chance. Yes. I really hope that it piques your interest. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's gonna turn into one of your favorites. I mean, right? Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> um but I really hope you enjoy it and you just mm-hmm. get a kick out of it. Yes. It it's so interesting when you think of like why this hymn was written? Mm-hmm. What inspired this hymn writer? Mm-hmm. And and even though we don't know it, it is a much loved hymn. I mean, the right. Gaithers sang it. Right, this is a hymn that's known in quite a few circles. Just right. because
1: it's not known in our circle, right? Right. right.
0: So, I mean, and Kelly and I, we we don't know every hymn. <laughs> If you have been listening to us just thinking that we have this impeccable, unbelievable knowledge of hymns. I know. mean, we do, but we may be like shattering your picture yeah. of us. Actually, maybe it should be a challenge, like
1: find a hymn that the twins don't know. Dump it, the twins. <laughs> I'd watch that game show. All right, let's sing it. Okay. It is not in our hymnal, so we had to do a
0: quick Google search for it. You all can easily find it. So it was written by a pastor hymn writer named Isaiah Guyman Martin in 1905. 1905. So here we are, 116 years later, (laughs) singing it. I will meet you in the morning, just inside the Eastern Gate. Then be ready, faithful pilgrim, lest with you it be too late. I will meet you in the morning, I will meet you in the morning, just inside the eastern gate, over there, over there. I will meet you in the morning. I will meet you in the morning. I will meet you in the morning morning over there. All right, what do you guys think?
1: Does that sound familiar to anybody?
0: (laughs) All right, so, you know, it
1: is very simple. I want to talk about the music just for a second before we even dig into everything else Um, because it's very, very simple. There's only... Four chords in the whole hymn. ms always fun. <laughs> now, that's not that uncommon. Mm-hmm. Lots of hymns, and especially like Christian contemporary and pop music on the radio, They a lot of them only have four chords. Mm-hmm. But on top of only having four chords, like one of the chords is only played once in the whole song. Another chord is played like twice in the whole song. So basically, the song is made up of two chords. It's two chords. With sure. like two little, you know, right. additions. The entire refrain outlines the major chord. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it, it's made up of do, me, so.
0: Right. M&M's, always fun. <laughs> It's like Music Theory 101. <laughs> but really, if you figure the, outline the chord with do, me, and so, mm-hmm. it could be do, me, so, me, so, do, so, do, me. And that's basically what they're doing. I know. Yeah. I know. Listen, it goes, I will meet you. I will meet you just inside all the same chord Carrie. three times and all the same notes
1: just right. twi- twist just it, a little bit. it a little bit yeah, yeah. Um, so this song isn't hard i mean it's funny because it would probably be really easy to play on a guitar like so yeah. a beginning guitar player could probably play uh-huh. it very easily a beginning pianist who's just like learning chords yeah. maybe could play it really easily so there's not a lot to it and from what i know about churchgoers, you know, they, there would have been people that said, you know, oh, this new, you know, these new songs that people are writing, they don't have the depth. Yeah, so those complaints that we hear about contemporary music, and those are not new. Those are the same complaints we've heard forever, that things are just a little bit simpler. But, you know, there is some beauty in simplicity. Why? Because a person can just sing along and pick it up really quickly. They don't have to practice it for weeks. And that's what we want. At the end of the day, we want our people singing. So however we can get them to do that. Now, that doesn't mean that the words are simple. No, And, and not. maybe they were thinking like, oh, we're going to have some words that are a little complicated. Let's keep the
0: tune simple. I mean, mm-hmm, who knows, mm-hmm. right? But the lyrics, there's a lot to them. There's a lot to them. I mean, the whole title. Okay, the right. title is The Eastern Gate. Now, to be honest with you guys, we didn't know the hymn, e- right. The Eastern Gate. And we didn't really even know the term, The Eastern right. Gate. And so... When we dug, we found a lot about the Eastern Gate. And it was new to us. It was new to us. A hymn talk, twin talk first. There it is again. <laughs> so the Eastern Gate. What's that? What's
1: that? I feel like you should What's say, that? where's that? <laughs> yeah, where's that? Where's that? So I wonder if our listeners know if that's a term that they're familiar with. It could be. We had to really dig and look it up because we were curious. So in the hymnal that we found in the publication, it says the Eastern Gate, Isaiah Guyman Martin, And with that, it gives the scripture reference, Isaiah 60, 11. So that's the first place that we looked, right? What
0: does the Bible say? (laughs) So we
1: look back to Isaiah 60, and it is an entire prophecy about the future of Israel. It starts with arise, shine, shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It's an awesome chapter of of hope and beauty and radiance. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be carried on the hip. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and exult. This is a great chapter of prophecy, full of joy, full of radiance, full of promise, full of hope. Mm -hmm. And Isaiah 60, 11, which is the verse that is referenced in the hymn itself, it says, Your gates shall be open continually. Day and night they shall not be shut, that people may bring to you the wealth Mm -hmm. of the nations, with their kings led in procession.
0: Okay, so this mentions gates. Right. But nothing about east.
1: No, it doesn't mention the eastern gate. But this is what Isaiah Martin himself you know, put along right. with the hymn. Okay. Um, so, But we looked at this, this passage and this mm-hmm. verse and thought, there has to be more. more. There's, there's not enough there. So that wasn't enough information. We had to dig a little bit deeper. First, we looked in Nehemiah. So the nation had settled in Canaan, Jerusalem was identified as its capital, and the temple, which is Israel's permanent, you know, worship place, was constructed so that the entrance was oriented to the east. In the ancient city, the temple faced what was known as the East Gate. And we read in Nehemiah 3.29. What does the Bible (laughs) say? Talking about one of the gates above the horse gate the priest repaired each one opposite his own house. After them, and then it starts naming the people, so forgive my <laughs> pronunciation, Zadok, the son of Immer, repaired opposite his own house. After him, Shemaiah, the son of Shekiniah, the keeper of the east gate, repaired. So it literally is talking about this
0: east gate, this actual place in the ancient world. Okay, so Ezekiel 10:18 to 19, it's we read, "Then the glory of the Lord went out from and stood over the cherubim. And the cherubim lifted up their wings and mounted up from the earth before my eyes as they went out with the wheels beside them. And they stood at the entrance of the east gate of the house of the Lord." and the glory of the God of Israel was over them. So, yes, hymn writer Isaiah Martin talks about this eastern gate, but we actually see that there's biblical references for it. It's a place,
1: and it is holy. The glory of God was seen there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then fast forward all the way to Revelation. Mm -hmm. So here we are in the Old Testament, talking about the promise of God and then talking about the temple as it was, as it existed back then. And then you jump to Revelation, which is the prophecy about the new Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is a beautiful, beautiful chapter about how amazing heaven is. Uh, chapter 21. But I'm looking specifically at verse 12 through 14. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and at the gates, 12 angels. And on the gates, the name of the 12 tribes of the son of Israel were inscribed on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. So there we're hearing about multiple gates Mm -hmm. and three of them are facing the east, but it still is describing heaven. So we see all of these instances in the Bible that mention an eastern gate or gates and we have to take all of those into consideration when we're looking at this hymn.
0: Right. Now, there's, a, there's more to this. So, okay. Outside of the Bible, in other apocryphal texts or Jewish texts, we read some different things. So, in Christian literature, um, the eastern gate of the old city, this is the walled city of Jerusalem, mm-hmm. um, it's also called the Golden Gate, and they say that this is the place at which the parents of Mary met after the Annunciation. Okay. So they meet here. So now we're, this is a holy place. Mm-hmm. Also, this because of that, it becomes a symbol of the virgin birth of Jesus. So the gate uh. becomes the symbol. And later, other texts, other apocryphal texts, detail that Jesus passed through that gate into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. It's almost like we are introduced to Jesus th- at these gates. Right. Twice. and. It'll be a third time because right. he is supposed to return here. Mm-hmm. So Jewish literature details that when the Messiah is to arrive, okay, this is who's been prophesied in the Bible all along, the Messiah, mm-hmm. the deliverer, it, it said that he will enter Jerusalem through the eastern gate. That's what these Jewish texts say. Now, these gates were like sealed shut. Oh. So in fifteen forty one, the Ottoman Sultan Suleiman had it sealed. Wow. Prior to that, in the year 810, the Muslims had it shut. In 1102, it was reopened by the Crusaders. I mean, we're having this like back and forth thing. But basically, they they wanted it shut, finally sealed shut. So if the Jewish literature says that the Messiah is going to come through that gate, they actually wanted to prevent this from occurring. Wow. So they sealed the gate. So what does this gate look like now? It just looks like a gate that you can't open. <laughs> I mean, it just looks like... Like, you know, if you've ever been to, like, a museum or yeah. a castle and you yeah. can't go through, it's, right. like, sealed. Like, you can pull it, but it doesn't... So, I mean, can we go and try to open we it? We can try, Kelly. <laughs> Where's our captain? This is your captain. <laughs> I mean, I have never gone to this area of the world to see Jerusalem, to visit and mm-hmm. see this this area would be amazing. I mean, this gate on the other side you know if you're standing at the gate looking further east you see the mount of olives wow zechariah 14:4 4 says his feet will stand on the mount of olives the golden gate that gate would have a front row view of this mm-hmm. cuz if he's standing at the mount of olives that's right in front of the gate jesus is expected to return and walk through that gate mm-hmm. into jerusalem and that's why the gate is sealed shut you know cuz that's going to stop jesus <laughs> No, that won't stop. No, only. that won't.
1: So this reminds me of when we talked all about eschatology. <laughs>
0: what's that?
1: What's that? I mean, what's that? Eschatology is basically just talking about the end times. But there's a lot that we don't know about the end times. I know. You know, the Trump, the clouds will roll back. Right. The you know, Christ will come. Um, you know, and then judgment, and there's so much, and people have a ton of different opinions and Uh, perspectives and there's really no way of knowing what exactly is going to happen is jesus going to walk through that gate is he going
0: to just shatter that seal and walk through i mean is that where he'll go first. I always thought he'd come to America first. I, I mean, I thought he'd come to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a lot we don't know, but it's fun to think about. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I don't want to get into any big debate. We right. all, we just, can just agree that he's coming. Yes. Um, but it's fun to think about. And to this idea that, like, there are people who want to be in Jerusalem because that's where they think yes. he'll be. Yes, they, they go there. They move there. They live there because they want to see him first. Right. I mean, it's a big race. It's, it's the, the amazing, amazing race. race. <laughs> All right, so that's
1: all that we have about the Eastern Gate. The question is, what was Isaiah Guyman Martin thinking when he wrote this? Okay, so that's our hymn writer. Yes. That's quite a mouthful. I know. Isaiah Gaiman Martin. Martin.
0: Um, so let's
1: talk about him, Carrie. Yeah, let's do it. Because he came up with this. He created the
0: hymn. And, you know, it's
1: not like there's a ton of hymns that have the this wording.
0: No. And he didn't write a ton of hymns. I saw, mm. you know, maybe like 16, 17 hymns. Okay. We don't see a ton of hymns. Most of his hymns are published in like two hymnals. Yikes. This one is the most with being 45. Okay, So... Isaiah Guyman Martin was born on April 18th, 1862 in Gentry County, Missouri. He died in 1957 in California. He wrote both the music and the text. He actually wrote other songs sort of to represent heaven. There's one called The Meeting in the Air. Another oh. one is called Out of Egypt into Canaan, and he wrote these eschatological hymns. Nice one, Carrie. You guys, that took me a long time to say. <laughs> so we read that at the age of 12, he became Baptist, but then he had a couple of different conversions, I guess, in his life. Okay. So around the age of 30, he became a Methodist, mm-hmm. and around the age of 40, he became a pastor for the Nazarene Church. Now, he went to school. What I think is really interesting is that, like, these schools don't exist anymore. Oh. So he studied at the Richmond School of Music, which I can't find that. So Hmm. there's the University of Richmond, which has a school of music. Mm. There's, like, a private sort of academy of music that wouldn't be for college. Right. Like, I really don't know what that is. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, He also went to Missouri Wesleyan College, which doesn't doesn't exist exist. anymore. It's now Kansas Wesleyan. And he studied in Denver, Colorado at the Iliff School of Theology. Now that school is still there. There are 13 United Methodist theological schools in the United States, and Iliff School of Theology is one of them. And in total, they have about 300 to 350 students there. So it's a small school. Very small. And it's adjacent to the University of Denver. Okay. So he got married to Mary Pearl Howe, and they had three children. They had two sons and a daughter. Now, I think this is just really a fun fact. You know, that's all I can say. <laughs> but he had a son, a junior, Isaiah Guyman Martin Jr. So Isaiah Guyman Martin Jr. was born in 1911, and he lived to 103 years old, Kelly. Wow. So he died in 2014. I mean, this man lived a long time. And he named his son Isaiah Guyman Martin III. And I found his marriage announcement in the New York Times. Wow. He, yep. He was married in 1972 to Ellen Fishwick Martin. Good year. Good year. And he was an architect in Colorado. And he had a son named Isaiah Guyman Martin IV. <laughs> okay, so this Isaiah Guyman Martin IV is where things get really interesting. He is currently working in the entertainment industry. He's a director, a writer, a producer, and his biggest credit as an actor is he's listed as the AV operator in Iron Man 2. Wow. Yep, that is a fun fact. He was a production assistant in Spider Man 3. He was a production secretary on Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and he created his own documentary. He's the director, writer, editor of this short documentary, The History of the American Memorial Chapel Inside St. Paul's Cathedral in London. So, I mean, I kind of want to find that documentary. Wow. Yeah, so it's so interesting to me because you guys, you may not know this, but you're always looking up the kids, the kids, the grandkids. I mean, we'd love to find someone and talk to them, right? And we can never find them because names get changed, and daughters get married, and we like can never find anybody. Right. You'd think in this day and age that we would be able to. This guy, Isaiah Gaiman Martin, gave his son the exact same name, mm-hmm. and now we go four generations later. Right. Isaiah Gaiman the f- Martin the fourth, and we can totally find him. Okay, so here's a little fun
1: fact, Carrie. Okay, we were just having this conversation the son who is the junior mm-hmm. or the second or the third
0: mm-hmm.
1: goes up a level as soon as the one prior to them dies oh. so isaiah gaiman martin the 5th actually shouldn't even exist right now unless all generations were still living
0: i don't like that i know but it's true <laughs> but i that's looked your it up name, but that's your name no. your name is isaiah gaiman the 4th no you're supposed to move up that makes things incredibly complicated cuz as you're looking you don't you're not really sure who they're talking about no you're not but he is listed. He has an IMDb page as Isaiah Gaiman Martin IV. Wow. So he, that's his name, Kelly. Yeah. I, I feel like you have some wrong information. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm looking it up. I looked it up. So, yeah, I looked I just, it on Wikipedia. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just think that's so cool. So I want we, more information. Like, where is his yeah. son? Is he having children? I mean, I don't know. And maybe they could be listening to him talk to and talk. <laughs> Isaiah. <laughs> All right. So... That's our story about Isaiah Guyman Martin. I don't have a ton of information, but Kelly, you learned the hymn'spiration, right? I did. I
1: did. I did. So you talked a little bit about Isaiah becoming a Nazarene around the age of Mm forty, and it ends up being all about the founder of the Nazarene denomination. His name is Phineas F. Brezy. Brezy. (laughs) Brezy. I'm not sure. He is the primary founder of the Church of the Nazarene, and he's the founding president of Point Loma Nazarene University. So we need to hear a little bit about this Brzee guy and how he is connected to Martin and how this Eastern Gate was Was created for him. Yeah. So Phineas Brzee was born December 31st, 1838, in a farm near Franklin, New York. And he was raised in nearby Davenport. And he has a similar story. He converted to Christianity in the Methodist Episcopal Church in Davenport in 1856, where he delivered his first sermon ever, he was only 18 years old.
0: Wow, he's young. Yep,
1: He entered the Methodist Episcopal Ministry. He married Maria Hebbard. He was a pastor in Iowa. Eventually, in 1883, he relocated his ex- entire extended family. We're talking six children, wow. his parents, and a nephew. They all move to the West Coast and attend Fort Street Methodist Church in L.A., oh. and then they move to Pasadena.
0: Okay, and that's where our guy ended up. I know. In Pasadena. Yep. Now, in
1: 1894, he withdrew from the Methodist Church to serve as pastor to this mission in L.A. called the Peniel Mission. And it was an independent ministry to the homeless in L.A. So it wasn't connected with the church. And eventually there was a rift between him and the other founders of the mission because the founders wanted just to be like a mission to the homeless. Mm -hmm. But Brzee really felt a calling that he wanted a church. He wanted a church body to be doing this mission. So he joined with a leading doctor in California, He was the former president of the University of Southern California. Wow. I know. And he joined with some men and women, and he formed a brand new church called Church of the Nazarene. And the thing that was so important to them was that they wanted to identify with the toiling masses of the common people just the way Jesus did when he was on earth. The Nazarene Church joined with another Wesleyan holiness denomination, and together they became the new Pentecostal Church of the Nazarene. They elected two general superintendents. They were called Bishop, Mm -hmm. and Racy was the first general superintendent.
0: And our... Hymn writer, Isaiah, he becomes, he's appointed the district superintendent of, and I'm quoting here, (laughs) all the territory east of the Rocky Mountains. So these two men are really like heading up the church. The
1: two district superintendents. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Of course they work together. Of course they know each other. So we don't know a lot about the Nazarene church and maybe because this hymn was so connected to the Nazarene denomination, that they didn't put it in our Methodist hymnal or Baptist hymnals, the hymnals that we're used to. So we just looked up a little bit about the Nazarene church and what their beliefs are. So basically, the Nazarene church sets their denomination apart from other Christian churches because of two things. Mm -hmm. One, they believe that a person can experience entire sanctification or personal holiness in this life. And they also believe that a saved person can lose their salvation through sin. So those are the two like major tenets of how they differ. In our church, we would say that sanctification isn't possible until we're in heaven. Right. Somewhere in their teaching, it is possible in this life. And then there's that belief that once you're saved, once you're part of God's flock, you know that you are saved forever. And they believe that a person can lose their salvation. So if you want to know more about mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. it's it's very, to me, it's very interesting. I mean, if we were a theology podcast, we could yes. dive into all of that and give you even more scripture verses. Because there's, you know, I always like to say there's so much we have in common. You know, there's so much we have in common. We don't have to, like, focus on the things that we don't have in common because we have this firm belief in our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we have in common. And there's nothing about this hymn... That would cause you to say, mm, I don't know. There's something off about it. Right. I don't think we can sing it. Yeah. So Brzee and Martin are working together, forming this church. The church still exists today. So, so cool, Carrie. Fast forward to the 1980s. The members of the LA First Church of the Nazarene, mm-hmm. they were so inspired by what they knew and read about they founded the P.F. Brzee Foundation. Oh. They were building a community center that would support families who are struggling to break the cycle of poverty. And this center still exists today. It's the Brzee Youth Center, and it's his name. And I just think that he would love to know that his mission from way back when is still being fulfilled in LA today. If you want to read about it, it's Brzee.org. We'll put the link up on our social media. This is a real organization that's around today, and it's continuing the work of Brzee. Now, we found a lot of information about Brzee, but one of the things that I read quite a few times is that he was just a gifted person. He was gifted as a writer. He was gifted as a speaker. It said that he had a marvelous genius of expression, and he coined many phrases which came into general use. Well, first of all, he brought up the phrase the Eastern Gate, Mm -hmm. but he said stuff like the quick tomorrows. He came up with the phrase Holy Ghost Intensity. He just had this poetic way of talking, so right, it kind of right. makes sense that he would have said something about the Eastern Gate, yeah. and Isaiah Gaiman Martin would be like, oh, I can make a song about that. So the story is that one day, when they were entering the church for worship, he was speaking to an elderly lady. She thanked him, and she said that she hoped that he would be at Heaven's Gate to <laughs> greet her when she arrived, but... He responded and said, I'll meet you just inside the Eastern Gate. And our hymn writer, Isaiah Martin, heard that and wrote the words and the music to this hymn and dedicated the song to him. And and it wasn't just that one conversation. Of course not. I mean, it ended up becoming this sort of catchphrase that he used at the end of his services.
0: Yeah. And you could just see that Martin would be like, I want to use that. Mm -hmm. I want to put that in my song Mm -hmm. for him. All right, so we sang
1: verse one. Yeah. But there's three other verses. Okay. And so I want to read the words to
0: you because you'll really hear what Isaiah is writing about. He's writing about heaven. Heaven. All right, so I'll play the piano. We'll just get that tune in our heads. I mean, for people who don't know it. And Kel, why don't you read the words? Okay, this is verse two. If you hasten off to glory,
1: linger near the eastern gate. For I'm coming in the morning, so you'll not have long to wait. Keep your lamps all trimmed and burning for the bridegroom, watch and wait. He'll be with us at the meeting just inside the Eastern Gate. Oh, the joys of that glad meeting with the saints who for us wait. What a blessed, happy meeting just inside the Eastern Gate. Yeah, so there's four total verses. And if you look at them really quickly, you see that the first verse... Is about a person going to the Eastern Gate to be ready and we'll meet you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Verse 2 is, hey, if you get there, wait for me because I'm coming too. Verse 3 is not about meeting each other. Verse 3 is about meeting Jesus at the Eastern Gate. And then verse 4... What a joyful, happy meeting for all the saints. So even though this hymn isn't that well known, I think it would make an awesome hymn for a funeral. Yeah. A funeral of a believer that you know you will meet again. Right. I mean you literally are talking about meeting them again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Isaiah Gaiman Martin wrote a handful of hymns. Yeah. All of them really were about heaven, but none of them we really know.
0: No. But there are hymns about heaven that we know. There are lots of great ones. And that's why you think, like, well, that's why we lost the Eastern Gate. Eastern Gate maybe just becomes a little Mm. confusing. Like, what exactly are we talking about here? Right. So we lose the Eastern Gate, but we we have so many other good ones.
1: Right. So what's a a hymn about heaven that you know, care that maybe our, our listeners know?
0: Well, I think of, like, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be.
1: When we all see Jesus, we'll, we'll sing and shout the, victory. shout the victory. That's a great one. That's a great one. How about this one?
0: is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder when the roll is called up yonder i'll be there i mean all of these heaven songs are just so celebratory right they have to be they have gonna gonna to be dancing in the streets yep. dancing on the streets of gold
1: yes right <laughs> and then carrie this was one of my favorites yeah from when we
0: were kids yes I've got a mansion Just over the hilltop In that bright land where We'll never grow old And
1: someday
0: yonder We will never more wander But walk the streets that Our purest gold. Oh, I can totally remember singing that when we were kids. I know. But this one is one that's not in our hymnal anymore. It's not in our hymnal either. So like this one and the Eastern Gate, I mean, there could be people out there who know them both equally. Mm -hmm. It's just that we only know the mansion one. Right. How about this one? I wonder if people know this. Yes, Yes, we'll we'll gather gather at
1: the the river, the the beautiful, beautiful, the beautiful river. Gather with With the saints
0: at the river that flows by the throne of God. So, I mean, you could sing this song and go, okay, what's the river? What's the river? Where's the river? The same question you mm-hmm. would ask, where's the gate? Where's, where's the, the gate? gate? I mean, we will definitely do those. I know, I know, mean, I know. We could have an episode just dedicated to, like, heaven hymns. I know, it's true. They're we could. all so
1: fun. They're fun, and they're full of hope and joy and promise. And, and um, that's
0: what we imagine heaven to be like. Right. All the creatures from all time, mm-hmm. all history, gathered together singing praise. Right. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
1: So we just talked a lot about heaven. Yeah. We, and we sang a lot about we heaven. We sang
0: more than we talked. Kel. So
1: I thought we would have a little quiz, Carrie. A quiz? Yes. Okay. A, a, pop, a pop quiz. quiz. Okay. <laughs> it's one of your favorites. It's the Bible or what? what? <laughs> I love that one. And it's all quotes about heaven. So you okay. have to tell me if you think this is a quote about heaven. Excellent. From the Bible or from someone else. Okay. The wall was built of Jasper. Well, the city was pure gold, clear as glass. That is n- someplace else. It's the Bible. <laughs> yep, it's Revelation twenty one eighteen.
0: 18. What was the thing about the glass? I don't remember ever hearing about glass. The city was pure gold, <laughs> clear as glass. Oh, clear as glass. Yeah. Right. Okay. They
1: desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city.
0: I'm going to say Bible.
1: Oh, You're right. That's from Hebrews eleven sixteen. 16. Mm-hmm. Well, he does prepare for us a place. Mm-hmm. How about all the way to heaven is heaven because Jesus said, I am the way.
0: Well, I mean, he did say he is the way. Yeah. So that makes me think it has to be the Bible, <laughs> but it's not. It's not. <laughs> But why? Why?
1: Well, this is really cool because it is a quote that is attributed to St. Catherine of
0: Siena. Oh, wow. But I mean, that's hard, Kelly, because she's kind of quoting the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but you still got it right. Okay. Well, only because I thought you were tricking me.
1: Okay. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. That's the Bible. (laughs) That's Revelation. (laughs) All right. How about no... But to the gate, and there will the devil meet me, and say, "Get you to heaven, get you to
0: heaven. Here's no place for you." <laughs> I mean, I have no idea, but that does sound like the Eastern Gate. <laughs> I'm going to say it's someplace else. It
1: is someplace else. Oh, good. I'm like, <laughs> it is from William Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing.
0: Oh, yes, and the okay. actual
1: quote has the name Beatrice in it, but I left that name out because okay. <laughs> I thought that would really give it away. Okay. Ha- last one. Okay. Have you nothing but earth, no love, no joy, no hope that flows from the upper springs that never dry up? A great inheritance awaits you. Come to your father's house. Infinite love and home and heaven may be yours. I'm, I'd like to say Bible. <laughs> nope. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm really tricking you on this one. Well, you know who said it? Um. Phineas Brissy. Uh, That's one of his quotes about heaven. I totally thought you were going to say Phineas and Ferb.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Phineas. It's a great name. I mean, I love that name. Okay, so now that we know that this is the founder of the Nazarene Church, let's do that quote again. And really, it is the inspiration. Mm -hmm. All right, let's hear it again. Have you
1: nothing but earth, no love, no joy, no hope that flows from the upper springs that never dry up? A great inheritance awaits you. Come to your Father's house. Infinite love and home and heaven may be yours. Awesome. That's our inheritance. Mm -hmm. I think that... Brazil and Martin had a wonderful collaboration. They had a wonderful working relationship where they really did amazing things in the church in America. Amazing mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. They started a whole denomination. Mm-hmm. And you know, you might not agree with every single point that they have, but it is a church that believes in the Lord, loves the Lord, and is devoted to missions and caring for the people who need care.
0: I know. And that should convict all of us. It should. To do that more. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, so it was kind of hard to find a performance of the Eastern Gate. I know, Gate. I know, yeah, I know. So um, we're gonna we're gonna sing it for you. Kelly and I are just gonna sing some harmony and share mm-hmm. Isaiah Guyman Martin's beautiful words and music. Here is the Eastern Gate.
1: We're going to share the mission out in L.A. that is named after Phineas
0: Brzee. <laughs> awesome. All right. So I think we're done for today. Thank you so much for suggesting this mm-hmm. hymn. This has been such a fun and kind of unique challenge for us, this this hymn that we never heard of. Thank you so much. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, um, please let us know. I think... Imagine it's really fun to hear hymns that you've never heard of, (laughs) but I I imagine it's awesome to to learn more about hymns you already love. Right, right. So just let us know if you have one. Yep. We'd Uh, love to do it for you.
1: At the end of the day, we hope that this hymn of heaven brought you some hope and mm -hmm. some joy because that's what the promise of heaven does for us. Mm -hmm. So before we end for the day, we're just going to end with one of the prophecies in Revelation chapter 22. This is what it will be like when we're in heaven. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you are promised eternal life with him. And you know what, Carrie? Carrie? When we get to the Eastern Gate, hopefully we'll meet some of our listeners that we've never met in real life.
0: (laughs) And our hymn writers. Yeah, and the hymn writers. And then that gate will be miraculously (laughs) open. Right, right. (laughs) I want to be there on that day. (laughs) All right, bye everyone. Thanks for
1: listening. Yep, we'll see you next week on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Bye.